What is good? What's good? What's good? Welcome to the Dynasty Overload podcast. You guys are uh, streaming from Talking Sports with Manny YouTube channel. So we're going to get this show on and popping. Give me one moment. I'm going to run an intro. So week four has come and week four has gone. I'm going to be going over the recap of the games. Um, and then I'm going to be going over some waiver wire ads that could possibly help you with your fantasy teams. Look, I'm going to say this. If your team is 0-4, don't give up hope. You just keep fighting. There's still going to be waiver wire additions. There's still going to be guys that get hurt that can potentially help your team. So I'm going to be going through some waiver wire ads and then obviously talking about uh, the games. Um, but I want to kick things off with the Giants game. The Giants versus Seattle. The Giants have shown that they possibly could be the worst team in the NFL. And I'm going to break down why I say what I say. Uh, with Daniel Jones, you know, he's trying his best. Uh, his offensive line was hurt. So there's lots of different factors to why the Giants are so bad. But I'm not buying any uh, excuses because these are professionals. So when one guy goes down, you're supposed to put somebody in to, you know, keep things going. What the Giants have shown is that they have not been able to surround Daniel Jones with the right pieces. Now, last year, obviously, Saquon Barkley is a big part of what the Giants do, right? So without Saquon Barkley, it's tough. And that's why you have these backs that kind of get mad and upset about not getting paid. But when you pay these backs big money, you can't fill out the rest of your team. The, the Giants are better suited to have a big-time wide receiver than having a big-time running back. Like, this is a new NFL. This ain't the days of you plug in, you know, a good run game and you plug in a defense and you win tons of games. It just doesn't pan out that way anymore. Daniel Jones was sacked at least – 10 or 11 times. I'm going to get you guys the exact numbers. Daniel Jones looked terrible. You know, 34 attempts, 203, two interceptions. And then there was a 97-yard pick six. And the funny thing is, I was recording my Washington Commanders pod yesterday. And during the game, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm watching the game. And then when that happens, I go crazy because I needed Seattle's DST to outscore Matt Breida. So when they got that, that, uh, that pick six, I was screaming during the pod, during the live pod. It was crazy. For those of you guys who tuned in, you guys saw that. For those of you guys who want to see my reaction to me winning my fantasy week in the home league, go check it out. It's the Commander's Pod that I dropped yesterday under my live tab. Um, so, yeah, Matt, Matt Breida played well from a fantasy perspective, five receptions for 48 yards, and then he also added another 30 yards rushing. Dan Jones, 10 rushes for 66 yards, but he's just not a valuable or valuable uh, um, piece anymore in fantasy. So, yes, he was sacked 11 times. It's crazy. I think Seattle's most likely leading the league in sacks right now. They went from doing bad in sacks to now 11 sacks on Daniel Jones. So that was crazy to see. Geno Smith did get hurt. Drew Luck did come in, and Drew Luck nearly had a long touchdown pass to Noah Fant but I think he was caught at the one-yard line. 
Kenneth Walker continues to star. 17 carries for 79 yards. He looked amazing. Uh, uh, Tyler Lockett, four for 54. DK Metcalf, three for 34 and a score. Um, so, yeah, those are pretty much the highlights of this game. Uh, Seattle just dominated. Uh, Giants looked really, really bad. So, moving forward, is Matt Breida now a thing? I mean, five receptions for 48 yards is pretty solid. I mean, he looked like a weapon. Uh, Rondell Moore, he had five receptions for 40 yards. So, those might be his best two wide receivers moving forward. Darren Wall was very ineffective, their big prized trade target. He has not looked good. And I told people to be careful of uh, Waller in the draft, but people wanted to get Waller. People were excited about Waller. And, you know, it just is what it is at this point. So enough with that boring game. Uh, let's talk about my commanders, man. Ah, tough, tough game. And I'm going to try to analyze these games from a fantasy perspective because this is a fantasy show, Dynasty Overload, right? So Jalen Hurts continues to be really, really good in fantasy, 319 yards passing, two passing touchdowns. And then obviously he does the things on the ground, nine carries for 34 yards. I believe the commanders did a pretty good job in containing Jalen Hurts in the ground game. They were also able to sack Jalen Hurts three times, and that's tough to do for a guy that can elude the QB. Sam Howell on the flip side, 290 yards passing, one touchdown. Uh, he was sacked five times, but he made a lot of decisive throws. He looked really, really good. Brian Robinson could have had an even bigger day by scoring two touchdowns, but he fumbled one in the end zone to where Terry McLaurin was able to recover it and get that touchdown points. Uh, so Terry had his best game so far with eight receptions for 86 yards. So this is a, it just seems like Terry McLaurin, he owns the Eagles. So anytime you see Terry going against the Eagles, you want to go ahead and plug and play. Uh, Terry seems to be, you know, really, really good, really, really good performances versus the Eagles. So that's something uh, to monitor going forward. I'm moving on along for Washington outside of Terry, De'Ami Brown pitched in with 51 yards as well as Curtis Samuel, Logan Thomas pitched in. So it's going to be a spread offense. Jahan Dotson did have the touchdown. So it's his best game so far this season. But at the end of the day, that's what nearly like eight or nine points that he was able to get. So you're not going to see a lot of, of offensive explosions out of this offense in terms of like his skill players. Brian Robinson is the only guy that I trust consistently because not only is he involved in the passing game, he's also getting the touches. So he had 16 touches. He outtouched every other running back for the commanders. So he is that bell cow for the commanders. Um, yeah, Terry's going to have his games up and downs and uh, things of that nature. Um, Gibson did fumble, but he recovered it. Thank God. But yeah, I, I don't know why Gibson continues to get play in this offense. Uh, for those of you guys who, who play IDP, Cameron Curl is a great, great safety to have. He had 12 tackles and a sack. Uh, and then, obviously, you know, Chase Young is having a, a great season this year. Uh, Eagles had three guys with over 11 tackles apiece, and Zach Cunningham, Morrow, and Darius Slay. So, uh, go figure. But A.J. Brown, man, monster, monster game. Nine receptions for 175 yards and two scores. He had a monster game. And then... Uh, Devontae Smith had a pretty good game as well. Seven receptions for 78 yards. He would have had a bigger day had he gotten a touchdown. Luckily for me, being a Commanders fan, fortunate for me, I'm glad he didn't get a receiving touchdown. But this Eagles offense looks good. And the guy that's going to suffer out of this offense is Dallas Godart. So if you have Dallas Godart in, in Dynasty, it's time to sell. If you have Dallas Godart in redraft, it's time to come up with another option because he's just not getting the work that you need 
out of a tight end. And the tight ends have been like ridiculous this year in terms of production. Like, who can you really trust? So we um, talked about uh, the Lions and the Green Bay game, I believe, in a, on another stream. Um, Jared Goff looked basic, uh, 210 uh, yards passing, touchdown and a pick. But David Montgomery was the big piece with 32 big carries for uh, 121 yards rushing and then also three rushing touchdowns. So even though they drafted a Jameer Gibbs, a lot of guys in the dynasty community are excited about Jameer Gibbs. It's still David Montgomery's backfield. He's going to be the one getting the lion's share of carries. He had 32 carries to Jameer Gibbs, eight carries. And then in the past game, Gibbs did have, uh, uh, you know, four receptions, but then David Montgomery had two receptions for even more yards. So, in total, David Montgomery, 34 touches, 212 touches for Jameer Gibbs. So we know who the RB1 is there, and there's nothing wrong with that. Jameer Gibbs will get his time, but right now is not his time. So if you have Jameer Gibbs in redraft, uh, stash him, roster him for long, as long as you can, but David Montgomery is the back to own in redraft, and then obviously Jameer Gibbs in dynasty. Aaron Jones, if you plug him into your lineup like me, I was kind of pissed off because I plugged in Aaron Jones and he gave me absolutely nothing. So maybe you don't plug in guys right after injury, but then you plug in a guy like David Montgomery right after injury and he goes off of 34 fantasy points. So with that being said, sometimes I just don't know how to call this, but Romeo Dobbs had an amazing game, 13 targets, 13 targets, nine receptions, 95 yards. He seems to be their possession wide receiver. Jaden Reed also five uh, targets, three receptions, 55 yards. And it seems like those are going to be the two top targets for this team right now. Obviously, Christian Watson did come back from injury. He did have two receptions for 25 yards and a score. But I didn't see a lot of explosion out of Christian Watson. So when Christian Watson is fully healthy, I want to know what does the target share look like between Christian Watson, Jaden Reed, and Romeo Dobbs. Romeo Dobbs is the guy that I trust right now in this offense. And Jordan Love looked good outside of those two picks. He's going to be a top 12 QB this year, it's looking like. He's looking like a really good prospect. It's looking like he's learned a lot from Aaron Rodgers, and he just continues to grow. 246 yards passing, one touchdown, two INTs, and then he was also able to get a rushing score as well. For those who play IDP, Quay Walker had 19 tackles. My goodness. I mean, if you had Quay Walker in IDP, you most likely won your week uh man 19 tackles is, is is pretty good in idp leagues some idp leagues is two points per tackle three points per tackle so you do the math yeah he he ate he ate so shout out to the lions of having a balanced offense the last thing i'm going to say about the lions is that jameson williams is now eligible to come off of suspension so that's also going to be a top waiver wire ad when i get into the waiver wire portion of the show um, you'll see why you should put in a claim on Jamison Williams if you do have um, that high waiver priority. Now, I don't know how he translates into fantasy or even even dynasty. I really don't know. He He's a big unknown for me. Uh, Jacksonville was able to destroy the uh, Falcons 23-7 to in London. This game was awful to watch. Desmond Ritter is on his last leg. I think that Desmond Ritter is almost done as the Falcons start in QB. Um, B. John Robinson, 14 carries for 105 yards. He looked great. John Lou Smith seems to be the wide receiver one, seems to be the tight end one. He was targeted six times for six receptions and 95 yards. He's going to be a top waiver wire ad this week. 
Uh, Drake London has looked terrible all season. Can you trust them? Kyle Pitts, terrible all season. Can you trust them? Bijan Robinson is the only guy that I trust on this ATL offense. Something has to happen. Maybe a Taylor Heineke switch. Um, Trevor Lawrence played okay. He played average. Uh, 207 yards passing, one touchdown. Travis Etienne did not have a good game. Christian Kirk was solid as always. Eight receptions for 84 yards. Calvin really two receptions, 38 yards and a score. If I had to assess which of these pass catchers do I trust from the Jags, it's going to be Christian Kirk, who continues to get targets, and he's getting uh, um, yards, and he's getting receptions. He's playing that slot. He's destroying it right now. Everybody went off with Calvin Ridley after that first game. Oh, Ridley this, Ridley that. If you look over the next three games, you'll see that Christian Kirk has been way more consistent and trustworthy, unlike Calvin Ridley. Evan Ingram has been a solid top 10, top seven tight end this year, targeted eight times, seven receptions for 59 yards. So those seems to be Trevor Lawrence's top two targets, Evan Ingram, Christian Kirk. Now, will that change next week? I don't know what to tell you. It may, but then again, it might not. Um, the mighty, amazing matchup that we all waited for between Buffalo and Miami. We were so excited about it, and it just did not turn out how we all wanted uh, Buffalo destroyed Miami 48 to 20. Tua didn't look really good at all. Uh, 282 yards passing, one score, one INT. He was sacked four times. Devin a chain is a thing. Devin a chain, eight carries for 101 yards and two scores. I don't care how you want to slice it. Devin a chain is him. He got eight carries. Mostert did get seven carries, but then he only had nine yards rushing. So those two guys are going to be interchangeable, but Devin a chain is way more explosive and Two straight weeks of amazing numbers for a chain. So he seems to be the, the number two rookie back after B. John Robinson right now. Um, Tyreek Hill, three for 58. Nobody really showed out for the Dolphins' offense, the Dolphins' powerful offense. What this is telling me is that Buffalo is the best team in the league right now. They beat the mighty offense of Miami. The, the two, uh, who's the MVP candidate and this and that. All Josh Allen did was 320 yards, four, four passing touchdowns. You know, in another rushing touchdown, yeah, Josh Allen is still him. Josh Allen is the second-best QB in the league after Patrick Mahomes, and he showed why he's still legit. But now with the, with the run game, they weren't able to run the ball well. Uh, you know, James Cook, 12 carries for 29 yards, but they were able to pass the ball, move the ball, and they were able to score when needed to score. Stephon Diggs, star of the show. Six receptions, 120 yards, and three touchdowns. And then Gabe Davis continues to be touchdown dependent. Can you really trust Gabe Davis moving forward? I mean, I guess he's a weak, weekly flex play, but 12 points isn't bad out of 15 points isn't bad out of Gabe Davis, who had three receptions for 61 yards and a touchdown. I just can't get to trust uh, a guy like Gabe Davis, but he's proved me wrong these last three weeks. So sometimes you can kind of guess and say, hey, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, and then things just don't pan out how you think. They're going to go. Um, that Yeah, that's pretty much it there. I mean, they got blasted. <laughs> they got blasted. There's no other way to slice that game right there. Now, the game of the week, week as in W-E-A-K, was between the Bears and the Broncos. Two bums, and one of the bums had to be the better bum. And, you know, of course, the Bears had the biggest lead. They had a huge lead. They were destroying these guys. They were playing well. They were up, what, 28 to 7 at some point or 28 to 14 at some point. And then 
the Broncos went for a 14 point, a 17 point fourth quarter to win the game. Russell Wilson, 223 yards passing, three touchdowns. He's looked good all season. Russell Wilson is most likely going to be a top 12 QB this year. And his team is so bad that he has to throw and throw and throw and throw to keep this team in the game. So he did well right there, you know, added uh, four carries for 13 yards. But Jalen Jalil McLaughlin, Jalil McLaughlin is going to be a top waiver wire ad. And you guys will see why I say what I say when we get to the waiver wire portion. He had seven carries for 72 yards. And then he also had three receptions for 32 yards and a receiving score. Cortland Sutton scored. A touchdown, so did uh, Brandon Johnson. So if you're in deep leagues, those are guys that, you know, are solid. Mims just continues to be a guy that gets huge, huge plays. He had a long of 48. That's just who Mims is, man. Uh, Jerry Judy, he's been solid, but he has not been great. So you can't really trust Jerry Judy as an option. Now, Justin Fields had his best performance as a pro, and that just tells you how trash the Broncos defense truly is. He had 335 yards passing, four touchdowns. One INT, Khalil Herbert had 18 carries for 103 yards rushing. Uh, Fields also added four rushes for uh, 25 yards. And then DJ Moore had a great game, eight receptions, 131 yards, and a score. Cole Komet, seven receptions, 85 yards, and two scores. And that's really how we should go. Mooney, four receptions for 51 yards. These are the top three targets for Justin Fields. If used correctly, these guys can have some kind of success in fantasy in real life i don't know what to tell you because i don't think the bears are a good team so they're not going to get a lot of wins but in terms of points and things of that nature they have the weapons obviously chase claypool wants to leave i mean he's not being used correctly it's between there's a thin line between does chase claypool suck or is it that the bears just suck and they're not a scheme or is it that they overpaid for claypool and then he's not giving them what what i mean they practically traded a, a high second round pick for him, possibly like the first pick in the second round for him, and he has not panned out. So it's almost like you gave up a first to get Claypool. So Claypool could be a guy that's on the move. He is going to be on the move, and I can see him getting traded to a team like the Kansas City Chiefs. If he goes to Kansas City, I can see Mahomes making Chase Claypool a nice, valuable piece. I think that Claypool is better than Juju Smith-Schuster, to be honest. But let's see what happens. Let's see where he ends up. So Claypool is a guy in Dynasty that you can go ahead and snag. Uh, if you can get him for like a third-round pick, a fourth-round pick, or you can trade him for like a depth piece, you, you know, you go ahead and grab him and then you just kind of just wait on it because, like I said, if he gets to a great landing spot, oh, man, sky's the limit for what that guy can do. Imagine him in Miami with Tua. Yes, there's not going to be a lot of targets, but he's going to be valuable in deep leagues. Imagine him on a team like maybe Cleveland with Deshaun Watson, maybe a team like Houston. With C.J. Stroud, so there's different possibilities, different different places that, that he could possibly go. Now, the Baltimore Ravens destroyed Cleveland 28 to three. Lamar Jackson is back, man. 186 yards passing, two touchdowns, and then he also had what nine carries for 27 yards and another two touchdowns. So four total touchdowns for Lamar Jackson. He seems to be back. Gus Edwards seems to be the lead back in that backfield with 15 carries for 48 yards. Um, yeah, without Deshaun Watson, man, the Browns just looked terrible all the way around. But shout out to Mark Andrews for returning back to relevance. Welcome to the NFL. Mark Andrews with five receptions, 80 yards, and two scores. So that was pretty uh, good. Oh, man, we got Patrick Moore in the building, man. Appreciate you hopping on the stream. Patrick Moore says, trade Javante 
Najee, and DJ Moore for Swift. Uh, so, so trade Javante, Najee, and DJ for Swift. No, I'm not doing that. That's just that's just giving up too much. That's giving up too much for just one player. Can't do it. it says trade Javante, Najee, and DJ Moore for Swift. No, I'm, I'm not doing that. I'd rather have the – I get it. I get it. I get where you're coming from. DJ Moore just had a, a nice blow-up game. Najee Harris has not been relevant all season. Javante is hurt, right? But if I were you, I would keep those three guys over Swift. Swift and DJ Moore are going to give you, like, practically the same kind of value. Um, and then Najee, he's going to have games. He's going to have games. He had 11 points last week. And I think that you're going to get about two or three really, really good games out of Najee. When those games come, I don't know. I just don't know what to tell you. But, yeah, I, me personally – I would not make that trade. All right. Moving on along. You got talking about the Denver game. Man, Pittsburgh. How about how about the Houston Texans beating Pittsburgh, man? It's crazy. CJ Stroud, another big game, 306 yards passing, two touchdowns. Uh Devin Singletary also had a uh, a passing touchdown as well. Damian Pierce. 24 carries for 81 yards, but the, but the star of the show, Nico Collins targeted nine times, seven receptions for 168 yards and two scores. Dalton Schultz did step up with a receiving touchdown. Like I told you guys, Najee had a nice little game. One reception for 32 yards, 14 carries for uh, 71 yards rushing. And Kenny Pickett gets hurt. I don't know how long he's going to be out, so Trubisky is going to be a nice waiver wire add into QB League, Superflex Leagues. So, Yep, that's interesting there. Um, Patrick Moore has another question. He says, I appreciate it. Also, is Kareem Hunt droppable at this point? Yes, I would say Kareem Hunt is droppable at this point, especially in redraft leagues because he's shown us nothing, man. Duke came off the couch, and a lot of us expected him to do something. I would rather – so here's my picking order in that offense. Give me Jerome Ford, give me Pierre Strong, and then give me Kareem Hunt. Like, until Kareem Hunt puts together – a solid game, you cannot trust him. Kareem Hunt is not coming to take anybody's job. He's just a compliment. He's a compliment. And in, in uh, Dynasty, when guys are paying second-round picks for Kareem Hunt, I laughed because I just didn't see him just coming in and just taking this guy's job. Even when Nick Chubb was there, he didn't do much. He, didn't, he did not do well. Kareem Hunt was not a good back last year. So why would he be a good back this year? So he's definitely droppable at this point, especially in redraft. Like I said, it's just unfortunate that uh, a back is talented as Kareem Hunt is just not working out. It might take us some time, but right now, if you need that roster space, definitely let him go. All right, so Minnesota and Carolina. Minnesota gets a win. Finally, 21 to 13. Kirk Cousins was averaged 139 yards passing, two touchdowns, two INTs. Madison looked great, 17 carries for 95 yards, and he also added one reception for three yards. Justin Jefferson, man, that guy is just killing it. If you drafted Jefferson at the 101 in redraft leagues, you're winning right now. If you drafted Jeff Jefferson and redraft anywhere, you're winning. Those of us who drafted Jamar Chase or Eckler, we're struggling right now because of lack of production and injury. But it just is what it is. Jefferson, six receptions for 85 yards and two scores. He looked good. Nobody else looked good on that Vikings pass catching group. Uh, Adam Thielen continues to do Thielen type things with seven receptions for 76 yards. Look out for Terrence Marshall. He was targeted 10 times. He caught nine for 56 
10 whopping targets. So he could be a guy that creates and gets a role moving forward. So we're going to talk more about additions in waiver wires shortly. Uh, what else I got for you guys? What other games were good? Um, the Titans did play uh, the Bengals. The Bengals are ultra trash. Titans won this game 27-3. I think the Titans are terrible. So for Titans to beat the Bengals, it just shows you how bad the Bengals are. Joe Burrow, 165, no scores, was sacked three times. Joe Mixon, 14 for 67. Jamar Chase, seven receptions for 73. And he was pissed. He was saying something like, I'm always open. So there's friction right now, and then T. Higgins gets hurt. So this offense just looks bad. Maybe Tyler Boyd is a waiver wire ad. I don't know what to tell you guys. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, 240 yards passing, one touchdown, one INT. Derrick Henry, King Henry's back, 22 carries for 122 yards and a score. The Titans pass catchers are very, very weird, but I've started Nick Westbrook-Akina in leagues where I need a wide receiver in super deep leagues, like a 16-man league or a 14-man league, Nick Westbrook is a perfect piece, especially with the way that uh, Traylon Brooks just can't stay healthy. So Westbrook Akina had five receptions, 51 yards in the score. Uh, Hopkins had four for 63 and no scores. Uh, Rams and the Colts. Shout out to Anthony Richardson, man. If you believe in Anthony Richardson, shout out to you. I didn't believe. I wasn't a believer. The guy looks great. Uh, fantasy-wise, uh, 200 yards passing, two passing touchdowns. He also had 10 yards, I mean, 10 carries for 56 yards and a score. We wanted to see how does Anthony Richardson look like with Zach Moss. Like, Zach Moss has been looking good in recent weeks. So it was like, okay, Zach Moss is never going to get 30 carries again, but 18 carries for 70 yards is still solid. That's seven points. And then any other work he does in the passing game, that just added bonus. Um yeah, I mean, they looked good. Uh, the the touchdown passes went to the tight end, so that's a down week for a guy like Michael Pittman. But Pittman is going to be fine. Uh, Anthony Richardson looks really, really good. He's going to be a QB1 this year, possibly a top five. So had you drafted him in redraft leagues, that's amazing. He's gotten a touchdown. He's he's ran for a touchdown in every single game that he's played so far this year. All right. Patrick Moore has another question. He says, Dotson has been dead weight too. Be patient on him. It's a 50-50 for me. If it's redraft and you need the roster space, you got to let Dotson go. Because Sam Howell is going to spread the ball to everyone. But I would say this. If you are dealing with bi-week woes and there's if there's better options for you on the waiver wire, you go do that. But this week, I'm starting Dotson, Terry McLaurin, Brian Robinson, Sam Howell, even Logan Thomas in a few leagues. I think that the Washington offense will look the best it has ever looked like all year. Ooh, I had to sneeze and I caught a cramp. Oh, y'all bear with me.
That was rough. Don't judge me, y'all. Today was ab day, and I didn't hydrate as much as I needed to. So <laughs> I'm going to try to finish the show. I'm in some pain right now. Can't even lie to y'all. All right. So let's go ahead and move on to the waiver wire portion of the show. So we know that bye weeks are here, and this is one that it kind of gets tough for, you know, several players being on bye week like Justin Herbert, Geno Smith, Deshaun Watson, Baker Mayfield, uh, injuries, right? You got Herbert, you know, Watson, and uh, Stafford with his hip, Kenny Pickett, Jimmy G, concussion, you know, obviously Kyler Murray. So who can you drop? You can drop Stafford if you need space, right? Who can you pick up? I think that Sam Howell is going to have a heck of a week this week. He's going to be amazing. So I will pick up some Sam Howell. He's playing against a team that is so bad. Even though he's averaging 16.1 points per game, I think he's going to look really, really good this week versus the Bears. So he's a must-start for me. Joshua Dobbs has looked great all year. Um, so outside of the first game, he's looked good. Shout-out to Zach Wilson, who played well, um, had a career performance versus uh, Kansas City with uh, 245 yards and two touchdowns. So he looks good. And then Mitch Trubisky in leagues where you need uh, uh, a, a QB. So with that being said, Taylor Heineke, if you are in two QB leagues, you might want to go ahead and grab him because there's going to be a time when your boy Desmond Ritter gets um, not, I won't say fired, uh, more like benched, demoted. Bailey Zappi as well in deep leagues, just in case they decide to make a change from Mac Jones. But I think that Mac Jones is going to be fine. He's still the best option over there. In terms of running backs, you have guys that are on bye weeks like um, Eckler and Joshua Kelly, Jerome Ford, Kareem Hunt, and so on and so forth with guys like Rashad White, uh, Kenneth Walker, Charbonnet. So there's some pretty, pretty key guys there missing. Uh, and then with injuries, you still have Saquon Barkley hurt. You got Jonathan Taylor coming back. He's going to be back. He's going to be activated. But can you really count on Jonathan Taylor to do something? We don't know. Jeff Wilson, he might be eligible to come off of IR, but does he have an impact? Who knows? So you want to check in leagues. There are 10-man leagues of guys like Khalil Herbert is still out there. Who knows? Uh, A.J. Dillon, you can drop him. But – the waiver wire priorities, the targets, like I said, Jaleel McLaughlin, he's going to be really, really good. He's going to be the number one waiver wire ad for me, especially because it's hard to find running backs. Chuba Hubbard, nice one. Justice Hill, he's like a guy that could possibly do something for you. Keaton Mitchell, uh, he's eligible to come off of the IR. So we don't know what that um, backfield for the Ravens looks like. So it's going to be multiple guys who have a chance, who have a shot at, at, at being the guy. Ronnie Rivers. Another guy who could possibly be a piece, um, especially if Kyron Williams gets hurt. Shout out to Kyron Williams. Shout out to the guys who drafted Kyron Williams. I'm proud of y'all because he's killing it right now. Uh, Dujanae in the building, man. Appreciate you hopping on the stream. Dujanae writes, what are your opinions on Joe Burrow and Trevor Lawrence? Should you stick with them or look for better options? In redraft, I'm definitely looking for better options. I don't trust both guys. There's a redraft league that I that I run that is a super flex league. So I drafted Deshaun Watson and Joe. And, uh, sorry, I drafted uh, Joe Burrow in one, Watson in the other. Um, yeah, but Joe Burrow, man, he does not look good. Just get rid of him. Get rid of him. Like you're holding on to hope that he'll, you know, click and things. But I mean, there's nothing going on in Cincinnati right now 
especially with the injury to T. Higgins. Tyler Boyd hasn't looked good. The guy can't even get protection. The offense doesn't look good at all. So if you can move on from Joe Burrow, you do it. Like last week, I dropped um, Justin Fields, and he had an amazing game. Like I'm willing to drop players that I believe in in order to keep a good record because you don't want to just keep losing games because you're, you know, hanging on and waiting and waiting and waiting. Deuce Vaughn is a, is a piece that you guys can pick up. Latavius Murray, another piece, just because it's going to be so dry in the waiver wire. So why not take shots on these different guys that are uh, three-headed uh, monster backfields and things of that nature? In terms of wide, wide receivers, there's injuries to guys like Mike Evans, T. Higgins with his ribs, Cooper Cup, who's eligible to start practicing right now, and then that 21-day window opens up for him to be activated to the active roster. Deontay Johnson, hamstring, uh, Odell Beckham Jr., who I wouldn't trust, Rashad Bateman, I don't trust. Uh, and then guys on bye weeks, like, like the key, key guys, um, Keenan Allen, Josh Palmer, Amari Cooper, you know, Mike Evans, Godwin. These are big, big names, big, big names. Uh, so what do you do? Like, who do you look at? Like, where do you go? Michael Wilson, fellas. Michael Wilson has been great and in dynasty for those who play dynasty you know who michael wilson is because you know we're drafting rookies we're looking for these prospects so he was a guy that was going in the fourth round in dynasty with the drafts and he's looked good man he had a great game seven catches for 76 yards two scores uh off of seven targets so he's definitely a piece that i'll be looking for to add to be honest and then you have jameson williams um who's you know eligible to come off of um suspension right now so he's ready to go uh tyler boyd with the injury to t higgins tyler boyd is a piece wando robinson seems to be the number one wide receiver for the giants but i mean if you're desperate for a wide receiver why not you get him and see what you can do marvin mims if he's available he's a big play guy he's a guy that can get a touchdown and definitely change the whole dynamics of your entire team so that's a piece to actually look at rashi rice seems to be one of the better wide receivers in that trash wide receiver group so, I mean, it's going to be dry out there. Michael Gallup is an option. Darnell Mooney is an option. Even though he's playing against Washington, you just never know. Uh, Curtis Samuel, man, I dropped him in one league, and I regret it because he looks good. I mean, he looks good when he gets targets. And he's a guy that has potential to score. And I told you guys about Terrence Marshall getting 10 targets and catching nine receptions. If he touch, if he turns those nine receptions into bigger yards, yards, yardage totals, or even touchdowns, then his numbers look even better. Now with tight ends, you got some that are on the bye week. You got Njoku, you got uh, Gerald Everett, you got Parham, you got uh, Kate Otten, and so on and so forth. You got guys that are hurt, man. Pat Frymuth is hurt. Tyler Higby is hurt. Uh, Mosgrave is hurt. So what do we do at a position that is just so tough to predict? Jake Ferguson is the answer, man. He should be the number two waiver wire priority this guy had. Uh, seven receptions for 77 uh, yards, um, and off of seven targets. So he's playing that uh, Dalton Schultz role from last year. He looks great. He looks amazing. So he's a piece that you guys might want to go ahead and consider grabbing. Cole Komet, man, if he's out there, he should be another way, a hot way for uh, priority. Even though he's playing Washington, I don't know how that translates in fantasy points, but he starred, man. He starred, and he's definitely the number two target for Justin Fields. Uh, Zach Ertz is always a piece that's decent. He's not going to do a lot of things that are sexy, but at the end of the day, uh, Zach Ertz is a valuable piece, especially with tight ends being so rough. Uh, Logan Thomas, 
Uh, he's another piece, a guy that can, you know, potentially get you 10 points. And 10 points right now is all we're praying for out of our tight end position because it's just so tough. Tyler Conklin, he had a decent game last week where he scored. Uh, he scored at least 9.8 points the last uh, two of his last three games. So um, that, that's that. And then John Smith is going to be a high priority uh, guy. This guy had, what, what was it, six receptions for 95 yards? I mean, who is John Smith? And what have you guys done with Kyle Pitts? That offense is so weird. I'm not saying to trust it, but let's say that the QB change comes with, and this with Taylor Heineke. Taylor Heineke will get playmakers the ball, and it just seems like John Smith is a playmaker this year. He's averaging 8.2 points per game, and that's something that I can use on my teams. Uh, streaming defenses to look at this week, Commanders versus the, uh, versus the Bears. Bears are just so bad. Dolphins versus the Giants. The Giants are just so bad. Play anybody against Carolina. Uh, why not, right? Texans versus ATL because Desmond Ritter is just ultra, ultra trash. Uh, so, yeah, that's that, man. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Um, I'm in so much pain right now. So I would love to go a little bit longer, but I can't. <laughs> I got to stretch. I'm getting younger. But I uh, appreciate you guys. This is the Dynasty Overload podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us on Apple. Be sure to subscribe to the Dynasty Overload YouTube channel, as well as subscribing to the Talking Sports with Manny YouTube channel. I'm going to catch you guys on that next episode. All right, man. Y'all be blessed.